Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. Welcome, everybody, to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's your host here, Heidi Fang, and I'm joined today by Steve Weish of the NFL Network. Steve, thank you so much for coming, for coming on the show today. I'm really excited to have you on. Oh, hi. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me. It's going to be a good time. Yes, it will. And before we get going, I want to remind everybody to go ahead and hit subscribe wherever you are listening. And also, we are brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download that mobile app today. Steve, again, an NFL Network reporter who has done everything that you can imagine when it comes to covering the sport of NFL. I saw you out at Raiders training camp and I thought, well, what an opportunity to maybe get you here on the show and talk a little bit about these Raiders that are now under the new regime of Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. What were your initial impressions, Steve, when you went out to training camp? Well, Heidi, when I went out there, it was day one. So it's really hard to tell. I mean, you could, you could see, you know, the team is loaded with talent that Josh has got a pretty firm grip on what he wants to do with the team. You know, I got a, you know, I had some conversations when they played the hall of fame game as well against the Jaguars. I was there in Canton, Ohio. Um, and you can see the players are bought in and they're, they're excited in terms of offensively, what they can do, what they can do defensively under Patrick Graham. Um, but now the rubber meets the road. I mean, there's one more preseason game and, and they've got to get going, but expectations clearly are high. Um, I know Derek Carr said a couple of weeks ago, oh, no one, everyone's over, overlooking us. Man, Derek, get out of here with that. No one's overlooking you. Everyone's kind of <laughs> loving the Raiders right now um, because of all the skill position talent. Um, but we'll see. I mean, th- their division is stacked. The AFC is stacked. It is not going to be easy no matter how you slice it up. That's exactly where I wanted to go with bringing you on was to talk a little bit about the AFC West and get your thoughts on just how much this division is stacked right now and how competitive it will be going down the stretch, especially when the Raiders face all of their divisional opponents right before their bye week early on. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's one of these things where, you know, good GMs and stuff, you build your roster to beat you to win your division, right? And if you win this division... You're 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 a really good team. And the Raiders, you know, you look at them skill position wise, offensively, they can match up with anybody. Um, their defensive front is impressive, but you know, there's still questions at the offensive line. Mm-hmm. There's still questions about their secondary. Those are two big problem areas when you're looking at facing a team like the Chargers, which has a loaded defensive front and a great receiving crew when you have to face Patrick Mahomes. And you have to face Russell Wilson with all these weapons and a really good play caller, Nathaniel Hackett. So it's it's really, I mean, that, that's why, you know, we, we have to see how quickly the Raiders adapt. And this is where the Raiders are really in a good position in terms of having a solid nucleus carry over from last year when they fought through all of that um, turmoil and, and just all that stuff. To have guys like Max Crosby and Derek Carr and Darren Waller and some of those guys who really, I mean, developed a, a mental grit that has to be highly respected. Then you add a Chandler Jones, you know, you add a Devonte Adams to go along with some of that. And you're kind of like, okay, mentally, these guys can pretty much handle anything, but do they have enough personnel in some of those key areas 
to beat those other teams? And do those other teams have enough mental wherewithal to battle through the tough times? And those are two questions that you have to ask about the Broncos and you have to ask about the Chargers. I don't know if those are questions you have to ask about the Chiefs, but the Chiefs is how are they going to remake themselves um, losing Tyreek Hill and adding so many pieces, young pieces especially on that defense. What have you made so far of the Chiefs wide receivers? I know you've likely had a look and the opportunity to really kind of delve into some of the depth there. Obviously, you can't just replace a Tyreek Hill, but what have you seen from the men that are there that are working to make an impression and be the next go-to guy for Patrick Mahomes? Well, there won't be a go-to guy other than Travis Kelsey. I mean, that that's going to be the difference, right? Tyreek Hill was the big weapon. You could dump it off to him short. You could catch it and run 50 yards, or he was a deep threat and really a great option for Patrick Mahomes when the play got off schedule. But now you've got Juju Smith-Schuster. You've got... Uh, some young players who carry over from last year. They added Marquez Valdez-Scantling, a big target who can really run. One thing Andy Reid has done throughout his career, and I think back to his Eagles days, you know, when he lost a huge threat of receiver, well, maybe the running backs become more of a threat, and they become more of a short-term death-by-paper-cut type of team, and then all of a sudden hit you with the big play from time to time. So that's why I'm eager to see Again, how they recreate what they do offensively. You know, they're not going to be a run-dominant team. Andy Reid, just, that's just not him. He sees a short passing game as the run. But, you know, I do think Juju Smith-Schuster and some of these guys are able, are going to be able to step up, just not in the explosive manner that we're used to seeing the Chiefs have with Tyreek Hill. And with the Raiders adding a weapon in Devontae Adams, and you mentioned Darren Waller earlier, I want to get to that, but first I want to break down now what has kind of become a three-headed monster for the Raiders and having a guy like Hunter Renfro being able to work out of the slot, Devontae Adams and the crisp routes that he's able to run. Just how much deeper is this Raiders team now that Derek Carr really does have that big receiver that it feels like they've been lacking throughout? Well, he's not just a big receiver. I mean, he's a big receiver that can play all three wide receiver spots, right? The X, Y, and the Z. He's a motion guy. He's arguably the best one of the best route runners in the NFL, and he's someone that defenses have to double cover. They have to respect him, and that's something they haven't had before except for with Darren Waller, and not that many teams were doubling up Darren um, because of the physical mismatch he has regardless. So this is going to open up the field um, you know, for Waller, for Hunter Renfro, I think Hunter Renfro is going to have just a just a bonanza of a year because we know what Josh McDaniels likes to do with slot receivers. Mm-hmm. We know how much attention that Waller and Adams are going to take away. So some teams may, may say, OK, well, we'll let Hunter Renfro catch, you know, the 10 yard catches. And we'll, we won't let anybody get behind us. That only works for so long when you've got talented players like Adams and Waller. So, you know, you factor that in, then you've got, you know, a fourth receiver, you know, maybe it's Mac Hollins. I think he's a really tough guy who, who could help out, especially when it comes to moving the chains and some things that they like to do with their running backs in the passing game, the screen game, something we've seen a lot of in preseason. It's going to be a hard offense to predict. I mean, they're, they're going to have some tendencies, but you know, Josh McDaniels, what we saw at the Patriots, they change week to week. And Josh has never had the abundance of targets um, for his quarterback to throw to like he has right now, which I'm sure is one of the reasons why taking this job was so appealing. 
Yeah, definitely so. And this has just been something that when you see all the weapons, I have to wonder right now, what is going on with Darren Waller? We see that he's left his agency just as of uh, Thursday, it was announced here. And when you see that he leaves his agent and he hasn't been at training camp since I think, uh, you know, he came back for one day, August 17th. But aside from that, he had been gone for a long period of time. And the report was that he had a hamstring issue. But uh, just to see him leave clutch sports at a time right before the season starts. What do you think that that is symbolic of, if anything, or am I looking too much into it? <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's, it's a legit question. And I mean, it, sure. When a player leaves an agent, especially at a time like this, when he wants a new deal, one, he's probably got another agent whispering in his ear saying, I can get this deal done for you. There's no reason why. And two, um, he probably saw there was no progress. You know, he's seeing everybody else get these new deals. I mean, very few players, you know, who've had issues getting deals done with their teams haven't gotten them done. And, and so he is somebody that the Raiders are not going to ever let go. I mean, he's, he's a good player, right? He is a good guy. You know, he kind of fits the Raider way. So I think he just figures there's a new agency that can get a deal done, that can get him a, an equitable deal based on what some of these other tight ends are getting. And that is a market that has exploded um, financially. Um, but, but, but I'm sure, you know, him leaving his agency has a lot to do with the fact that he does not have that extension done yet. And he's seen so many other players get deals done. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. With the year that he had last year, if you speculating, putting your mind in the head of an agent, would you recommend to Darren that he kind of plays out this year of his contract and you wait and see what happens if you can put up those big numbers since he did miss a lot of games last year uh, due to injury and then COVID as well? Or do you tell him you gotta you gotta get a new contract before you hit the field in week one? Well. Now that 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 all depends on Darren Waller. I mean, because yeah. once you start missing games, you're trying to hold out. You're you're going to start getting fined. And mm-hmm. the one thing Darren Waller has not had is that big money. You know, he has not had that big contract. So you know, it all depends on the tenor of the negotiations. If he hires an agent and feels that at some point during the season a deal can get done because you know there's no acrimony, these are healthy conversations, and you go out and play. Um, if you get hurt, yeah, that's a risk you take, but you know, to be at this point, to sit out or say, look, I'm, I'm holding off. I'm trying to use leverage right now. That's, you know, that's something you have to weigh. But again, you start missing game checks. Yeah. And without having that big contract, you know, those, those hurt. You know, you feel those. So I would say he's probably going to play regardless. Um, but, you know, he wants a new deal. But there's nothing. Look, I've covered sports for a long time. The NFL and the NBA. There's nothing that players hate more and feel more than not playing, right? When you start missing games, I mean, that impacts them because they know they do have a short career life. Um, So I wouldn't expect them to sit out any games over a contract dispute. 
Yeah, it doesn't seem that like that is his personality either. From right. what I've gathered from being with this team and covering them, Darren's a guy that wants to be a team player on top of it all and get involved and stay involved and be that guy that could, uh, like we're talking about with Tyreek Hill, being that go-to and uh, everything with Derek Carr as he has been over years, especially with the first game against the Ravens last season when they targeted him 19 times. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, some of the guys that did get paid, which I think has been something that the Raiders really needed to do to get things going with this defense, Max Crosby, and then bringing in Chandler Jones. How much are you looking forward to seeing that kind of duo on the field together and, and the things that they can bring to this defense to kind of help elevate this team? Yeah, look, not taking anything away from Chandler Jones, but they had a really good duo last year with Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe. True. I mean, yes. it wasn't like Chandler was a, a missing link. Um but he does fit what they do defensively. You remember Patrick Graham comes from that Patriot scheme. Chandler Jones used to play in that Patriot scheme. So he really, he's a veteran who can help people learn um, what they're trying to do defensively. And he's a stud. I mean, Chandler Jones has been the best pass rusher in the NFL over the past five or six years. And you look at stats and you look at his overall impact. So, I mean, look, this is, this is an incredible tandem, which you have to have in this division because the Chargers have got Khalil Mack and Bosa. You know, the Broncos have got dudes who can bring the smoke. And, and you see now George Karlaftis with the Chiefs to pair with Frank Clark. I mean, every team's got a, a tandem duo. And and that's where, you know, the Raiders wanted, wanted to spend their money. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. And they're going to have to do work because I've got some big questions about their Raiders secondary. That front, that front four or five is going to have to get to the quarterback because those guys in the back end are going to need some help. Specifically, what are your questions uh, about them? Are you worried about the consistency with Trayvon Mullen, or is it Rocky Asin not being really a proven one yet? What, yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Both. I mean, look, I mean, Trayvon Mullen's been hurt. He's a good yeah. player. You know, when he's been on the field, he's shown he's a good player. You know, Rocky Asin was a guy who year after year with the Colts is kind of fighting for his position. I think at safety, the, the Raiders are fine, right? I, I like um, Maring and, and Abrams. I think they're okay, even though Abrams is a box safety. But, you know, we're, you know, they've got to have some depth. You know, they've got to have a good nickel. They've got to have players in this division, man. I mean, come on, we let, let's just go back to it. You know, you got Cortland Sutton. You've got Jerry Judy, guys who can get it done. Um up in Denver, you know, we've talked about the abundance of, of players in Kansas City instead of the one guy. I mean, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and, you know, some of the guys that the Chargers are going to bring at you. You know, they, they've got um, the tight end, Gerald Everett, who's a big-time athletic threat. So you've got to have guys who can cover. And right now, I mean, I think when you look at all the teams in the division – when you look at the, the cornerbacks, especially, you got to say the Raiders trail every other team in the division and, and, and cornerbacks who have to cover all these targets. Other questions, I'm sure, like as you mentioned, I think in the one of the first questions I asked you was uh, about the offensive line. Where and what do you do with Alex Leatherwood at this point? Coach him up. If he's going to look, there, there's a lot of teams. Or you've got a guy who just isn't there, but if he's out there, he's better than the guy behind him, right? And the one thing, and, and this is where, look, name 
a routine Pro Bowl or All-Pro lineman that the Patriots had under Josh McDaniels. There weren't many, but they had dudes. And this is talking to defensive linemen who would play against the Patriots. Like, I could whip those guys all day, but I never could because as a unit, these dudes fought like hell to protect Tom Brady. They fought like hell to make things work in the run game. And look, Josh McDaniels will put a fullback in there. You know, they've got Jakob Johnson who will loosen your teeth, right? They'll, they'll put guys in there in the run game if that's what they have to do. If you can get a unit, and I have covered teams. I remember years ago I covered the Falcons one year, worst offensive line in the NFL. Come back the next year, pretty much the same guys, a new offensive line coach. They played as a thread on a thread, and they were one of the better running teams in the NFL. So you got to cover up your weaknesses. Um, if that's a quick passing game, that's a quick passing game. But you have to find ways, instead of maybe looking at a weak link or an individual who hasn't been productive, to find ways to cover it up with, with the other 10 guys. Absolutely. And as you start to think about just uh, what this Raiders organization has done, one of the things that obviously that they did was bring in a new president and Sandra Douglas Morgan. So I wanted to get your take on what it means mm -hmm. for the NFL to have its first female black president in the the role for the Raiders. Yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's important, you know, it, it, symbolically it is important. Now, are they going to give her the authority to run the team? Are they going to allow her to do the things that other team presidents do. I mean, these are things we all have to wait and see. I mean, symbolically, it's huge. Uh, we we don't see women presidents. We don't see black team presidents. We do not see Latino or Latina team presidents. And oftentimes in, in, in Fortune 500 companies and whatnot, they say, hey, look, we've got this right here. We've got this diverse leader right here, but they don't give that person the authority to run a team. Now, are, are the Raiders going to do that? I believe Mark Davis, Marcel Reese, and the leadership there will. Um, it's been it's been kind of the Raider way. Yeah. Um, are they going to be meddling? We'll see. But she's got the credentials. Um, so I, I'm waiting to see. Look, she's got a ripe market in Las Vegas, a fan base that is dying for this team to be very good, that's going to support it. So she's got some opportunities to really grow the brand. You know, the aces are probably part of this. But, I mean, the Raiders are doing so many things, you know, involved. You know, they're putting together this kind of uh, diversity in sports think tank, this academy that they're building that's completely unique. Yeah. Um, so she's got some opportunities to do some great things, and, and hopefully she's allowed to do so, and she and she succeeds. I love the work that you've done with HBCUs. Just what have you seen in kind of trying to help grow the diversity? Uh, I feel like you've championed a lot of that. And I wanted to ask you just about that work and, and for you, what it means to be able to try to bring something like that to the forefront of the NFL. Well, you know, I'm a graduate of Howard University, um, a historically black college and university. Um, and I, you know, I spent my first two years of college at the University of Missouri. So I've got the experience of going to a predominantly white institution versus, you know, a historically black um, college. And so, you know, I've, I've got that experience. Um, but to see, you know, the history of what it meant, you know, at HBCUs, and now there's a renaissance, you know, since Kamala Harris 
uh, is a vice president. She went to Howard. And, and you're seeing Deion Sanders down at Jackson State. So there's attention now being paid to historically black colleges and universities through athletic programs. You know, for two years, only one player was drafted out of an HBCU, which makes no sense to me. When you've got people like, you know, Shaq, Leonard, formerly Darius Leonard, and, uh, you know, you have Titus Howard, the starting right tackle for, you know, the Houston Texans, and so many players from HBCUs in the league who contribute, who do great things, um, for the league to just ignore them basically for two years in terms of talent, in terms of hiring from coaching staffs, it's, you know, I've got a platform at the NFL Network to speak out on this. Like, hey, man, you know, HBCUs, you got a vice president of the United States who went to one. We, we Our universities are just as good. We can we can put players in the NFL. We can hire as organizations students from these colleges who can make your, you know, your workplace better. You know, so let's just not think that they don't exist. You know, and to bang a drum and to redirect the focus to some of the talent uh, coming out of HBCUs at every level um, is is a mission of mine. It is something that is important to me, you know, and I work with the Black College Football Hall of Fame and Doug Williams and James Shaq Harris and Archell and Willie Lanier. And look, the Raiders are, are leaders in this space. Yeah. I mean, I know Mark Davis does a lot of stuff with Doug Williams and, and James Shaq Harris. So this is important. And, you know, let's, if we're, we're talking about diversifying the landscape of, of the workplace, HBCUs, um, you know, are a place to start. Look, just because they're historically black colleges doesn't mean the entire student body is black. Yeah. You know, you've got Latinos there, you have got Asians there, you have got white students there. Um, so international students there. So, you know, let's just open up the perspective for people um, a lot of times who, and I'm going to use a football vernacular here when they talk about certain position groups, guys only see the world through a straw, right? So open that field up so we can see the, you know, see the world through an open lens. I love that so much. And I'm so glad that you do do that work. And it was part of the reason I did want to bring you on was to be able to talk about that. And like you said, with being that I cover the Raiders and all, it has been the place for budding diversity and bringing in people that break barriers constantly. So thank you again for that. Uh, if, if you could just, as we wrap things up here, what is your prediction for this Raiders team on the season? If you, if you would, so please. Ooh, I, so I'm not going to give you a record. I'm not going to give you a sure. record, but, but I think they're a playoff team. Now, will they win that division? Does that mean they're a wild card? I mean, look, you could have – do we have three wild card teams now, I think? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. – <laughs> or, or you could have three teams in this division go to the playoffs. I mean, when you look at the rest of the AFC, the AFC South, are they going to put two in there? I don't know. You know, is the AFC North? They could. You know, you've got the Ravens and maybe the Bengals, you know, or the Steelers. You know, they could, but – I think there will be multiple teams coming out of the AFC West and one will be the Raiders. I know that's kind of backing into a prediction, Heidi, but. No, I like it. It's all good. (laughs) I'm putting you on the spot. (laughs) I think folks will be okay with that. I think they will too. See Weish again, NFL Network reporter. You can follow him at Weish. 89 again that's Weish 89 and I so much appreciate the time uh make sure to watch every out of market preseason game live and more with NFL plus visit nfl.com slash plus for more information Steve thank you so much for the time
Thanks so much, Heidi. And that'll do it for this episode of Takeaways. Make sure to check out VegasNation.com throughout the week for all of your latest Raiders news. For Steve Weish, I'm Heidi Fang. Thank you so much for listening. Locals know the SCN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the SCN Sports app today.